Welcome to the Key Wealth Matters Podcast, a series of candid conversations with leading experts about how individuals and organizations can grow and protect their finances, tailored around current events and trends. Here's your host for today's podcast, Brian Peterangelo. Welcome to the Key Wealth Matters Weekly Podcast, where we casually ramble on about important topics, including the markets, the economy, human ingenuity, and almost anything under the sun, giving you the keys to unlock the mysteries of the markets and investing. Today is Friday, September 30th, 2022. I'm Brian Peterangelo, and welcome to the podcast. And with me today, I'd like to introduce our panel of investing experts here to provide their insights on this week's market activity as we close the final week of the quarter. George Mateo, Chief Investment Officer, and Rajiv Sharma, Head of Fixed Income. As a reminder, a lot of great content is available on key.com slash wealth insights, including updates from our Wealth Institute on many different subjects, and especially our key questions article series addressing a relevant topic for investors each Wednesday. In addition, if you have any questions or need more information, please reach out to your financial advisor. For this week's economic news, housing prices across the U.S. decelerated a bit year-over-year but remained high while sales of new single-family homes increased in August from July. According to the third and final calculation of second quarter GDP released yesterday, real GDP came in at negative 0.6%, which was consistent with the second estimate released last month, so limited to no effect on the markets. Initial unemployment claims for the week declined from previous levels, which has been somewhat surprising that they have not meaningfully increased yet, reflecting the continued tight labor market. This is one of those economic indicators where good news is bad news with respect to the Federal Reserve continuing to tighten monetary policy. And finally, earlier today, the Fed's preferred measure of inflation for August was released the Personal Consumption's Expenditures Inflation Index, which excludes the volatile food and energy components, actually increased month over month and also increased year over year at 4.9% versus 4.7% in July. Potentially bad news for the markets as inflation remains elevated. So George, let's start with you for your thoughts on the economic data and the markets. So I think there were some uh, headline news, Brian, that you mentioned that's worth noting. However, I think the big story this week probably has to be um, discussed, which is what's happened in the United Kingdom. Uh, Last time this week when we got together, we were just getting news of this new government plan um, that talked about energy subsidies, tax cuts, and so forth. And and really on the face of it, um, the plan itself wasn't a bad plan. It's not really bad policy. Um, The energy subsidies in particular are probably really helpful to the United Kingdom and their economy right now, given what's happened with energy price there. But the tax cuts cuts part of the, the overall plan was probably good policy, but just horrific timing. I mean, it was really um, kind of tone deaf in terms of what they uh, have announced with respect to what happens to the economy. It doesn't have that big of an impact either on the growth side. So tax cuts can be something that can be immediately put forth and um, very stimulative overall. Um, but in the face of you know 10 or 12% inflation over there, uh, the timing was really just horrific. So we've kind of said this before that when the Fed tightens, um, something breaks. And now we've kind of seen this happen, unfortunately, this, this past week. You know, and when we talk about things breaking, you know, we can kind of look back over the last 20 or so years, beginning when the last time the Fed was being fairly aggressive with interest rates, that was Orange County, 1994, uh, a major, major county in the U.S. actually filed for bankruptcy because of some interest rate swaps that they hit on that went the wrong way. We had the tech wreck in 1999 that was also somehow, I think, related to uh, the Fed tightening money back in 1999. Of course, the housing market 
really collapsed pretty significantly in 2008. Again, the Fed was tightening then too. And then more, perhaps more recently, in late 2018, when the Fed was tightening, tightening again, you saw stocks fall down some 20% in Q4 of 18. So I, I think we've kind of seen this movie before, unfortunately, um, where I think the Fed is now kind of at the verge, perhaps, of making another policy mistake. I think they've kind of suggested that, um, you know, that maybe they were wrong to be so, so accommodative in, in the 2021 era coming out of COVID, keeping rates very low for very long. And now they're maybe, I think the market's beginning to wonder if they're making another mistake here in 2022 by being overly restrictive. Um, the situation in the kingdom, I think, is, is still, you know, somewhat... Uh, isolated to what's happening to them. Um, but I think there are some concerns that what happens over there might happen over here in the sense of, um, of really just some bad policy, frankly. You know, I think it was interesting to see the Bank of England had to intervene and start buying bonds. They actually talked about doing what the Fed is doing here, which is quantitative tightening or essentially selling bonds. But now after this, um, this, this, this policy move that I mentioned, uh, the BOV, the Bank of England, suggested that they might actually kind of reverse that course and that actually sparked a pretty big rally um, midway through this week. But then uh, a day or two later, unfortunately, the news here at home again that you referenced, Brian, was front and center where jobless claim numbers, which were actually better than expected, suggested that the labor market here is still pretty strong and therefore the Fed has to tighten. So we're kind of in this really tough situation where overall monetary policy is getting more restrictive and policymakers are responding to this. But I think there is a bit of concern that they might be overdoing it. Rajiv, what do you think about that? You know, I really think you make a very good point, George. I mean, uh, we've seen it in the past. Uh, sometimes the Fed does overshoot and uh, the market kind of expects that. They, I mean, this notion of a soft landing, I think, is uh, is very difficult after you have three uh, 75 base point rate hikes. I mean, it's very difficult for the Fed to uh, expect a soft landing. I think even Fed Chair Powell said it was going to be very difficult. But the market is actually thinking that they may go too far. And uh and you're right about the jobless claims number. I mean, when you see that, it gives the Fed a lot more of ammo to continue doing what they're doing and stick with their hawkish messaging. I mean, we've seen yields across the yield curve move sharply higher. I mean, we saw the 10-year Treasury note yield rise above 4% uh, this week. And that's the highest level we've seen since October 2008. So investors continue to be spooked by the Fed and their hawkish messaging. And... Uh, we have to really think about the uh, concerns over, you know, there's a lot of concerns in the market right now, what's going to happen in Japan also. Japan also has uh, quite a bit of U.S. government debt, and they have a sliding yen situation. So there is this fear in the market that maybe uh, Japan will start selling uh, U.S. government debt, and that could also uh, really impact our markets quite a bit. We've got Fed, uh, uh, St. Louis Fed President Bullard uh, warn about the market and say that, you know, we have to keep raising rates. And the credibility is front and center for the Fed. And so I think that's a very, very interesting point about credibility. Uh, you have a Fed that uh, last year said that inflation is transitory. Then they tried to pivot and change the messaging. And now they're going straight after inflation. They continue to have that hawkish message that we got to get inflation down to 2%. Um, if the Fed decides at some point that, you know, 4% is good enough, I think that changes a lot of the credibility notion for the uh, Fed, and I don't think they can do that. So they're going to keep going as far as they can go, and I think the market is thinking they're going to break something. We see it in the yield curve. We see the inversion of the yield curve. Uh, we see the 10-year up seven basis points during the week. Uh, we see the 10-year actually 250 basis points higher this year since when we started. So we're headed for the biggest uh, annual loss of Treasury since 1973. We're down almost 14%. So 
this is a, I mean, it, I hate using the word unprecedented, but we continue to use that word because that's exactly what's happening here. You had mentioned the uh, Bank of England. Uh, they announced on Wednesday, like you said, that they're going to start temporary purchases of long dated UK government bonds in order to restore market conditions. We saw our Fed do that back in uh, 2020 when, when the pandemic st uh, struck us. So this is, um, you know, this is a very interesting situation. We had the 30-year UK government bonds. They were around 5.15%. They climbed almost 150 basis points in one week. And then, you know, at that point, uh, you know, we, we this is all during that notion of that uh, the uh, Bank of England was going to start doing that quantitative tightening that you mentioned. But then all of a sudden they did an about face. And when we talk about credibility, this really questions that kind of credibility when you have central banks changing their messaging and they're talking about, I mean, just a week ago, they were talking about selling almost 800 billion pounds of uh, UK government debt. Now they're talking about purchasing. So it's a, it's a question of credibility. I think that what happens here is uh, you start seeing yield surge um, and then all of a sudden the Bank of England wants to change their message. So now we saw a rally across the yield curve, not just for the gilts, but we also saw the rally in the U US market as well. We saw 30-year gilts go from 5.14% to 4.26% in just two hours, just two hours of trading. That's the kind of market volatility that we're, we're talking about here. So you have pension funds that are loaded up on 30-year debt. They're trying to match their liabilities across the world. Uh, but right now we're seeing central banks talking about what they need to do, how far they can go as far as rate hikes go. We saw 50 basis points in the Bank of England. Now we're talking about maybe uh, 75 basis points for their next meeting. Obviously in the US, we're talking about 125 basis points for the next two meetings. The Fed messaging is not changing and, and I'm afraid the market is, is now, now the market is trying to catch up with that messaging rather than uh, when the market was thinking we're gonna, the Fed's gonna pause for a little bit. That message is kind of gone now. Yeah, so I think it's a pretty tenuous time. And of course, you know, we, we probably would be remiss if we didn't talk about what's happening in Ukraine. The situation there, thinks, uh, I think it's becoming more and more tenuous, unfortunately, with the announcement of some uh, important territory there annexed uh, just last night. Um, but I do think that, I think it, as we try to think about where we're going from here, right? I mean, we've been talking about the fact that this conversation around the Fed becoming less hawkish, maybe even pivoting, maybe even cutting rates in early 2023 was a bit over, overstated. Um, you know, there, there, there is something to, to kind of note that I think as the Fed, you know, thinks about where they are, maybe if they recognize that there are situations that they can't control and kind of explain the fact that maybe policy is a bit too restrictive, you could see a maybe bit of relief rally like we saw this past week. Um, that doesn't sound all that durable to me, but I think that's maybe something to think about. So in other words, some of these problems that we're dealing with, I think, Rajiv, are somewhat man-made. I mean, I think that if the if we think about how restrictive things have been, they're, they're policy mistakes, they're not systemic mistakes. And that's that's why I don't think this is quite a Lehman moment that people have talked about recently, that 2008 was just a terrible, terrible time uh, economically and financially, but I don't think it's gonna be quite that bad, hopefully this time around, but we do have some, some probably some pain to, to endure. So we're really kind of thinking now it's time just to hunker down and, and really, really revisit your plan. I mean, oftentimes people have put forth financial plans at this um, to, to kind of anticipate these things Maybe they don't really anticipate things playing out the way that they have, but I think if you're if you're thoughtful about your your portfolio, how it's constructed, your needs for liquidity and so forth, I think those things are really important, and those uh, those things should probably be revisited now more than ever. So, well, I think this is uh, this is a situation where things are going to be volatile for a while. Uh, to some extent, sentiment is pretty washed out. Uh, we'll get uh, probably an update from Steve when he's back next week, 
but it seems like there's so much negativity in the market over right now that if you get the least bit of, of even just not necessarily positivity, but just maybe kind of a, a kind of a pause, if you will, um, that could provide some support to the market going forward. So we'll have to see how this plays out. I think it's going to be, again, uh, probably another about a week or so. Um, Steve, again, is the market technician to listen to, and he's talked about the fact that Usually this time of year, around October, November, that's actually a seasonally positive um, period of the year for us in terms of the markets. And he would also probably acknowledge that the, the election cycle that we sometimes pay attention to is also sometimes a positive catalyst for, um, for change and improvement there too. So not to sugarcoat anything and not to undermine um, maybe the overall, not, maybe not to disrespect the overall trends and some of the things that we're watching and talked about, um, but we have to kind of keep our eyes on for um, some green shoots as well. George and Rajiv, thanks for your insights. We appreciate it. And thanks to our listeners for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe to the Key Wealth Matters podcast through your favorite podcast app. As always, past performance is no guarantee of future results. And we know your financial situation is personal to you. So reach out to your relationship manager, portfolio strategist, or financial advisor for more information. And we'll catch up with you next week to see how the world and the markets have changed and provide those keys to help you achieve your financial success. The Key Wealth Matters podcast is produced by the Key Wealth Institute. The Key Wealth Institute is comprised of a collection of financial professionals representing key entities, including Key Private Bank, Key Bank Institutional Advisors, Key Private Client, and Key Investment Services. Any opinions, projections, or recommendations contained herein are subject to change without notice and are not intended as individual investment advice. This material is presented for informational purposes only and should not be construed as individual tax or financial advice. Bank and trust products are provided by Key Bank National Association, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. Key Private Bank and Key Bank Institutional Advisors are part of Key Bank. Investment products, brokerage, and investment advisory services are offered through Key Investment Services LLC or KISS, member of FINRA, SIPC, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Insurance products are offered through Key Corp Insurance Agency USA, Incorporated, or KIA. KISS and KIA are affiliated with Key Bank. Investment and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not bank guaranteed, may lose value, not a deposit, not insured by any federal or state government agency. KeyBank and its affiliates do not provide tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult their personal tax advisor before making any tax-related investment decisions. This content is copyrighted by KeyCorp 2022.